Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so glad you're with us today. When I began doing serious afterlife research, I was in my 20s. I just wanted to figure out my two experiences of light. I had no idea at the time that I was embarking on in a whole lifetime of obsessive research. But I figured out where my experiences of light had come from pretty quickly and also approximately what they had meant. And then I wanted to learn all I could about the afterlife realities that I had discovered inadvertently. And the more I learned about the astonishing details of an afterlife that is fully as complex and amazing as the reality we think we see around us now. I think actually it's more so. The more I wanted to know. As I've said before, this entire physical universe is just a tiny part of what we now know is real. And the non-material part is where we truly do live eternally. It's fully as complex and amazing and wonderful as what we think we see around us now. But of course, studying the afterlife leads to our learning what the entire purpose of our coming to earth is all about and it's in various ways to grow spiritually and that leads us to want to know a lot more can you see how this happens everyone it's just addictive we want to know a lot more about this strange and very complex reality most of which is composed of consciousness so it isn't even visible and i've been trying of late to think of ways to help you begin to build the sort of understanding of what is really going on that's taken me a lifetime to build and to that end we have we're going to have a series of guests who are going to be talking about things that I'm not sure about, but that I think fit perfectly with what we already know. This is how my own learning has expanded. And in sharing with them with you, I'm going to help you, I think, come to expand your own understanding. Our guest today is a great one. Her name is Judy Miller. Judy was a successful CPA and corporate financial executives, but people had no idea. By the way, also wife, mother, perfect life, actually. But people didn't know that she was living in the terror of the night and of the possibility of sexual assault, of all things. She didn't even have it in her background, she thought. And all the while, she, re- she had no way really even to focus her fear. She's going, to, she's going to talk about how she began to do that. She'll walk us through what she learned. And what she learned is something that I think is probably possible, not only possible, I think it really happened. But it's something that science cannot go anywhere near. And so we're going to talk about that, too. I, I love the fact that we get to look at these new, new areas of inquiry. Her new book is called Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. And in it, she just explains how she just found out what the root was of her fears. I, th- I was thinking the whole, all, through, all the way through the book, I was thinking, oh, past life, past life. But that shows you I'm closed-minded. It was something different altogether and quite amazing. She talks about how she got to the root of her fears and conquered them. And amazingly, she was guided by her guides to take the right steps with the right people in the right order. It's really not so amazing. I think more and more people are finding this is true if they listen to their guides. And she ended up coming to a solution, which is, I think, I tell you, I think is pretty amazing. Her book reads like a novel, and it's not very long, so I I really recommend it to anyone who's a seeker, because this is someone who was a seeker with a lot of issues, and she solved them. 
Judy, welcome. I am so glad you're with us today. It's so great to be here, Roberta. Thank you so much. Your story is really pretty amazing. Will you just set the scene for us about how these fears got started? How old were you when they started? Um, you know, I, I, I saw in the book that you seem to have had them really from early childhood or very early on. I had them for as long as I could remember. So, you know, I know that a lot of children have fears. You know, I had fears as a child. I was afraid of drowning. But as you mentioned, like in the introduction, I was actually terrified of the night. And I was also terrified of sexual assault. I had never been assaulted. So as a child, these fears were extremely confusing. Yeah, I can imagine imagine that they were. But you had other problems, too. Talk a little about your, your family history, your, your, your father's trouble with his family, and then um, you had racial issues. Tell us about your background. Sure. So, Roberta, have you ever felt different, like you didn't belong, or maybe you felt incomplete or maybe even unworthy? Have you ever felt like that? I wish I had, actually. I probably should have. I, I had the opposite problem. And, and that, it was interesting because seeing the problems you had made me think about this. My, my father thought I was going to be the first woman president of the United States. My mother thought I was going to write the great American novel. I had the opposite problem. My parents thought I was going to do great things. And then, you, you, would, you know, as you know, you uncritically accept that as true. But I meant I had to learn a lot of things the hard way when I grew up. But, but, well. I think that's wonderful that you had that experience. I, <laughs> I wish that know. for everyone. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's, I'm still trying to deal with it, actually. But, but talk about yours, because you had racial issues. You were, you're, you're basically every possible race, right? You sort that, of... is, that is correct. So I was, actually <laughs> born, I was actually born in Trinidad, which is most people actually don't even know where it is. It's actually an island in the Caribbean right off the coast of South America. And I moved to the U.S. when I was very young. And this book is not about race or discrimination. I just look different than other people. But I was also born with 11 fingers. So in addition to standing out, um, my, my hands also stood out as well. Yeah. And I also could sense and feel different spirits and different energies at night. Um, so as a child, I just wanted to hide, but I couldn't, you know, because I was always out there. And yeah. what I, you know, Roberta, what I found, though, was I always felt like I was nothing. Like no matter what I did, I felt oh, like that's I was awful. nothing. I, I, no childhood would have to go through that. That's terrible. But, you know, there is a happy ending because I realize that in the nothingness, when we drop our stories, our labels and judgments, we could all emerge as our true and authentic self. That's what's wonderful. You you overcame really all of this. But I think you're quite pretty, actually. I, th I think I, I, the, <laughs> the, the, the mix of races, there's a kind of hybrid vigor that goes with that. And and I, that's a that's a wonderful thing. I, I think more and more people are going to think it's boring to be just all one race. <laughs> well, that's very, very kind of you to say. <laughs> but, you know, as a child, I had these fears and, you know, they continued well into my 20s. You know, I, I, as you mentioned in the introduction, I started my career as a CPA and then went to work in finance and the healthcare industry for over 20 years. And, um, you know, I had these fears throughout my life. So I would go to work a very traditional job, very traditional lifestyle, but then I would come home at night terrified of actually going to sleep. Did your did your husband understand what was going on? So did at he, what, first what you were afraid of? No, he actually didn't. So I would actually wake up at night, I would be clutching at him in fear. I started to tiptoe around my house, afraid of what or who I might bump into. And we both actually soon, soon began to lose sleep. But then Roberta, something happened. 
I actually had my kids. I had two wonderful kids. I commuted three hours a day to work, worked 40 to 50 hours a week. Oh, my word. And in (laughs) the exhaustion, in the exhaustion of all of that, it all went away. The subtle energies, the terror, the whispers, they all went away. But then my kids actually grew up and went off to college and the house became silent. And in that silence, everything returned. See, that's another thing which you which you bring out. This is in your history. You you talk about a psychic great grandmother. The these people in your history that have had special powers, um, and so it came naturally to you ha- for you to have special powers too, right? So you're absolutely correct. So my grandmother, my aunt. So my parents didn't think that it was uncommon to have these different abilities. But everybody else around me did. Um, So I I tried to hide it as much as I could. But then I got to that point in my life when everything returned. And around the same time, I actually started to bleed uncontrollably month after month. And a good friend of mine... A good friend of mine recommended that I read a book called Light Emerging by Barbara Brennan. And uh, Barbara actually was a former NASA physicist, and she studied the human energy field. And what she learned was that we could actually heal ourselves. And I had actually never heard of something like that. Yeah. No, it's one of the things that I love about your book is that you talk about how energy healing is done. And you talk about how it made you feel because there's a lot of curiosity now around energy healing and it's not magical at all because we are nested energy bodies by our very nature. And you talk about that too. Talk briefly about the chakras and the aura. Do you see them or are you, are you, how aware are you of of chakras and, and the aura? So, you know, it's interesting. Um, Before my surgery, I actually Googled healers near me. And it was on this journey that I actually learned about chakras and different energies, because prior to that, I didn't know anything about them. Oh, you were pretty dry. (laughs) A numbers lady, right? Well, you know, just to add to the dryness, um, you know, my husband's a CPA also. We actually met at work. Both of my parents are accountants, and so is my sister. So, you know, I I grew up very left-brained. Yes, yes. But I definitely did learn about energies. And I think one of the reasons that I could actually go through this amazing experience was because throughout this journey, I was opening my heart. I was learning how to open my heart. And it was all quite by accident. Um, So, you know, every week when I went to see my healer, I would literally just lay on her table for 15 to 45 minutes and she would work on me. And as I laid there, I would just literally, Roberta, imagine pictures and images of people and places that I loved. And as I laid there, I would just literally experience it. When I close my eyes, I actually don't see anything. I just see darkness and and shadows. So I would literally just experience it. What was I hearing? What was I smelling, tasting, touching? And I would let it pour throughout every cell in my body. And then I would bring in another image and then another image. And soon my heart was so wide open and I was just vibrating on such a high state. And that's actually how I started to learn about energy. Well, I think it's wonderful that, and, and I urge, I encourage people to explore the energy that is a crucial aspect of who they are, because most of what you are is, in fact, energy. Um, the body that, that is just one energy level that we uh, are able to visually, you know, see, but that doesn't make it any more important than the whole rest of the body. But talk about, you, you had a friend that you met early on, and I don't know her last name, but her first name was Diana. 
Right. So Diana was actually my healer that I found on the Internet. And it was interesting when I sat across from her for the very first time. I'm very actually auditory. I would probably say I'm very I, I can hear and I can smell things that perhaps are a little bit heightened. And as I sat across from her for that very first time, Roberta, I heard the click of a lock. And I didn't know what that meant. But in hindsight, I realized it was my entire life actually clicking into place. And at the time, I did not know the role that that healer actually would play in my family's history. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, so, but she seems to have helped you a great deal. She seems to have opened you um, psychically, emotionally, uh, spiritually quite a bit. Um and that, but then you went, or you were away from her for a time, and then you felt that you need to, needed to go back to her. But all this time, you had this. After your kids went off to college, you had this fear of the dark and fear of sexual assault. Right. And, so after my surgery, I worked with my healer, and she yeah. helped me heal from the surgery. And then we continued to actually work together in the subsequent months to explore this irrational fear of the dark. And, and Roberta, I never told her about sexual assault. The fear of sexual assault actually only came out with the publication of my book. Um, so she helped me explore my fear of the dark. We started looking at my childhood experiences because we know that, you know, certain things are, you know, from our childhood experience that carry forward. But nothing came to light. Then, yeah. we ac- then we actually started to talk about my parents because we know that we inherit so many things from our parents, you know, the color of our hair, the color of our eyes and so many other things. But then we started to talk about the science of epigenetics, the fact that we could actually inherit the pain and the trauma that our parents and our ancestors went through. So they've actually shown with Holocaust survivors that their children and their grandchildren actually have some of that pain and that terror that actually lives in their body. And they've done some amazing research recently with mice where they introduced the smell of cherry blossoms and then zapped the mice gently on the feet. Well, after a while, Roberta, as you can imagine, just the scent of cherry blossoms would trigger that same panic and fear in the mice. But what was more amazing was that the mice's children and their grandchildren, just the scent of cherry blossoms triggered, triggered the same fear. And you know something? They were never zapped and they were never exposed to the father who was zapped. Isn't that incredible? Yes, but it's predictable in a way. Um, I don't. Many people don't know about uh, the period when um, there was a, a sort of a war going on between uh, what was his name, Lamarck. I think that was his name. Can't remember actually. But uh, I became fascinated by this so decades ago uh, because when when the whole notion of you know Darwin's theory came along, everyone said, "Okay, now we get it. We get we get the gene- the whole genetic thing." Um, you know. We have this. This uh, we have genes, and the genes uh, include are, are who we are. And we, you know, a uh, uh, m- new mixture of genes makes a new person. And it was so simple. And it was. And Lamarck was at the same time in, in working on the same a similar thing. But he said, no, there's a lot more going on. There are ways that the genes express and don't express, and all of this stuff. And Basically, he he ended died penniless, and and Darwin became successful. But the Lamarckian ideas seem now to be, although I don't think the scientists can accept them still, but they seem to be much more important. They still, to this day, don't know most of what they would need to know to be able to use genetic material to create a human being, which which to me is 
astonishing when they when all the genes do is code for proteins. Mm-hmm. That's all they do. Isn't that, isn't that astonishing to you? It I is. Mean, it is. It, it absolutely is. So, oh, and and Roberta, okay. they all. They, while they're, go ahead. I was going to say, Roberta, they also say that female babies are born with two to three million of their reproductive eggs at birth. So for a large part of your mother's childhood, as well as her young adulthood, you were actually a cell in her body. Okay, so that's a-, a very important point. I, that, I want to just go back a little bit and talk about past lives because you got into that too. You, yes. You were fascinated absolutely. by Brian Weiss, who, by the way, I recommend everybody read his books because um, we, not only past lives, but actually also future lives are affecting our present lives. They're all happening at the same time. We now know that. And they're affecting one another. But you started to think, well, I have nothing. I've had no traumas that would make me afraid to be sexually assaulted. So take it from there. You start. You thought maybe it was a past life that was doing it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So she introduced me to past lives, uh, my healer introduced me to past lives because it was actually something that I also never heard of. So I was exposed to so many different things. And she introduced me to, like you said, the work of Brian Weiss. And Dr. Weiss actually had a patient named Catherine who had some unexplainable fears and phobias. And during hypnosis, quite by accident, they were able to uncover where these fears came from. They actually came from previous lives that she had lived. And by just understanding where they came from, she was actually able to be healed. And um, my healer also introduced me to the work of Dr. Michael Newton, as well as Dolores Cannon. And I was truly amazed and fascinated by all of this. Yeah. Well, see, now here's where my research and your research are coming together, because coming at it purely from trying to understand the the death, the afterlife, and and why we're here and the process, how the process all works, I came to them as well and was I was equally fascinated by them. And and Dr. Weiss wrote Same Soul, Many Bodies. If anyone is looking at their at their um, uh, you're driving in the car and suddenly they're trying to look at me funny and say, what do you mean, Roberta, future lives? Well, uh, Same Soul, Many Many Bodies is about how future lives can can affect our present lives. So there's a lot going on in you that people don't that you don't realize and that people around you don't realize you are much more complex and much more affected by many more things than than you could possibly know and that's one of the fun things about this book because it it, it, this woman this woman has had a lot of issues let's say but but she has been able to bring herself to the point of real healing and forgiveness and peace by confronting them all. Because one of the great things about these issues is simply knowing about them makes a huge difference. So, okay, picking it up where you, where you left off for a moment, um, you, you still hadn't found what had caused your, your problem. Um, But in, then there was a birthday party for your mother and, and talk about that. Sure. So um, we were celebrating my mother's 80th birthday. And at my mother's 80th birthday, I found out for the very first time, I'd actually never heard it ever mentioned in the family that my mother was actually attacked or raped by her stepfather when she was 12 years old. And I never knew that. And it all of a sudden clicked into place where this fear of sexual assault had actually come from. It was actually a cellular memory um, from my mother. And as I was mentioning before, you know, people believe that every female baby is born with two to three million of their reproductive eggs. So for a large portion of our mother's lives, we were actually experiencing the very same things that she did on a cellular level. 
So it isn't only affecting babies. It isn't only affecting you in utero, but it can even affect the cells that are being developed in the ovaries or probably also in the testes of a parent. Isn't that what we can say based on what your experience was? Absolutely. I, I think that's what took more about it. I think that's wonderful. <laughs> so, um, and then, as you know, there is a shocking connection at the very end of the book that really ties it together. And if you'd like, I'd love to share it with your readers. Please do. Okay, go ahead. So I uncovered where this ferrosexual assault actually came from, and I was actually working with my healer, and we realized there was actually a shocking connection to the very healer I trusted to heal me. And in that moment of revelation, um, Roberta, I could have felt fear, I could have felt anger or betrayal. Um, what I learned was she was actually the person in a previous lifetime that actually had assaulted my mother. But I didn't feel any of those things. What I felt, Roberta, was the incredible love and perfection of the universe. I actually saw how all of our souls are interconnected across lifetimes and how we could truly never get it wrong and how we're unconditionally loved and accepted. See, to me, that is really amazing. But think about this, everyone. They were they were brought together by their guides because obviously this this fellow, when he had died, he felt tremendous remorse for what he had done, and and all. And he, I think this is so neat. So they were brought together, and you felt a, a real affinity right from the beginning, right? So to my healer, Diana, I couldn't, like you mentioned, I continued to go see her, and I actually couldn't understand why. I, I felt like I was being drawn to just continue working with her, even though logically it made no sense. I was already healed after my hysterectomy. So, but the but the beautiful thing about that is that this is healing on every level. Talk about how you felt when you first learned that that was the was a connection. How did that so, affect you? I mean, I, because here's this person in front of you who caused you all this trauma in a different life. So throughout this journey, one of the things that I learned was to let go of the stories, the labels, and the judgments, and to ex truly experience every moment of life as a sensation in my body. I believe our bodies tell the truth, and I believe the stories we create in our mind are not always true. So in those few first moments, probably the first day when I realized this connection, it literally felt like wave after wave hitting me. And some people might describe it as sad, but I just let the emotions flow through me. And Roberta, after a day, I realized how miraculous and beautiful the universe yeah. is. Think about that. What are the odds, as they say? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so many of us go through life. That's why I asked you in the very beginning, have you ever felt different, unworthy, maybe even incomplete? And I believe many people do. And I think you're so fortunate that you haven't had to go through that. But if we knew that we could never get it wrong, that we were unconditionally loved and accepted, I think we would all live our lives very differently. Oh, 100%. That's why I, I feel driven to teach people that they don't die, that life is eternal, because then you start living on an eternal frame. I mean, most people get go through a period of their lives when they think life sucks, then you die. So why don't I get mine, you know? 
But you don't feel that way anymore when you realize that this is just a little tiny part of your eternal life. And uh, then you really want to live a lot more seriously, a lot more profoundly, and a lot more in what's important. Love, forgiveness, joy, helping others. Yeah, wow. So you, you, after going through this, you really felt driven to try to help others, right? Because you, you, it's clear to me your whole act is pretty much together now. You, you certainly, you don't sound like the person who who wrote that book. You, you've come, you've moved past it, moved beyond it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, I mentioned before that you know, about most of my book is about letting go of our stories and truly embracing life in every moment. And what I learned was that when we let go of our stories, labels and judgments, we actually experience each moment of life as if for the very first time where there's only joy and wonder, very much like children. So my my life has become truly miraculous and joyful. Yeah, isn't that a wonderful thing? I, I get up every day and I cannot believe how fortunate I am to be able to do this work. I, I, I actually sleep only six hours a night because um, I can't wait to get up and do it again. And I think that to be at that place in your life, and I, it's clear that's how you feel as well. You can't wait to get to, to do the next, to help the next person, to, to, to get to, what, to the next thing that this day holds for you. That is a wonderful feeling, a wonderful way to be. Absolutely. And you know, there's a couple of experiences, some might call it spiritual, some might call it mystical, that I describe in the book that I would love to be able to share with your listeners, because I do believe that it has such an important message during these times. Okay, well, do do that. Go ahead. Sure. So the first, it actually started really for me on Good Friday. So that experience in church. Well, I remember that one. Yes. Talk about that. Yes. (laughs) And I was literally just sitting in church waiting for mass to start. The choir was singing. My kids were probably sitting next to me texting on the phone. And out of nowhere, this overwhelming sense of love literally descended upon me. And I can't even begin to explain what it felt like. It was just so overpowering. It was every type of love you could possibly imagine just coursing through my body. And it was so overwhelming that I couldn't hold it. It just overflowed in this overwhelming sense of tears. And, um, you know, similar to what I was saying before, I always felt that I was unworthy. And in that moment, I felt how incredibly loved I was, but not just me, but how incredibly loved everybody is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and it happened in church, which is kind of amazing. Well, for a lot of people that they're that's a somewhat scary place, but it, it can also be a very uplifting, uplifting place if you're not afraid. That's wonderful. Yeah, and it happened on Good Friday, and Good Friday for me means rebirth. So that was the first experience. And then the second experience that I think is just so important for our times is, you know, as I laid recuperating from my surgery, from my hysterectomy, I actually refused to take painkillers just because of so many tragic stories that I've heard of people becoming addicted. So I didn't take painkillers. I Why tried did you have to- so much pain? That, does everyone who has a hysterectomy have the kind of pain you had? That was terrible. Um, well, <laughs> I tried not to move because every movement, every sneeze literally oh, felt like electric shock through my body. I know oh. that there's different ways of getting a hysterectomy done. I know you can get it done laparoscopically, but that's not how I had it done. <laughs> so oh, it's probably goodness. why it was so painful. But as I laid there, this guy, this Irish guy just gently drifted in and out of my awareness. It was and a nurse too. It was a nurse. It was a nurse. And, you know, normally I would probably feel terrified, but I felt very comforting. 
And one of the messages that she told me was that we were never alone, never abandoned, always loved. And if we knew who stood beside us in every moment, we would never be afraid. It's true. <laughs> That's really true. Nothing, nothing can harm you. Talk about your guides because you, you, had, you were in touch with your guides fairly early, which is not surprising because you, you do have the gift. So uh, people who have the gift, very often they're, they can't get rid of their guides. They're in their lives from very early on. Talk a little about how you found them and, or met them and, and how you worked with them initially. You know, it's interesting, but I think my guides were always with me. But I, yeah, created a, but I created a story because I didn't understand why they were there or what they were. I always thought, you know, I wasn't sure if they were there to help me or harm me. It was that terror of being assaulted. And then when I realized that I could actually invite them into my awareness and my understanding, I realized that how much they support us. So we talked about the Irish nurse. I actually play classical guitar. And this guitar guide, for lack of a better word, would, you know, help me learn how to play. And I believe truly that the classical music you were asking before, I believe the classical music helped me open my chakra system. Yes. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but, but it's true. I mean, let's say you did, just speaking to, to everyone, if, if you decide you want to learn a musical instrument, for example, um, and you're serious about it, and they can tell if you are or not, you'll get a guide who, who knows how to play that, that musical instrument. This is common. If you take up some new skill, they, there's somebody who will come along who will help you. That may not, that's not your primary guide, but if, if you're very serious about it, you'll – I have some, some guides who have been uh, uh, channeling writing to me my whole life. I don't, I don't think they've ever left me just because I was such an obsessive writer. We don't understand the, the extent to which we are perfectly loved and cared for and helped in this lifetime. It's, it, it would boggle you if you had any understanding of how precious you are. I'm sorry, go ahead. But I thought, I think it's neat that there's somebody there who's playing classical guitar for you and he's, he's your guide. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I, it was less than a year that I was playing, but my teacher was actually amazed that I was playing at a much higher skill level. And I truly right. do. I do truly credit it to my guide. Absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. that's People wonder why, you know, there are there are some children who are prodigies on the piano, for example, and very often it, they learned it either in a prior lifetime or they they learned it during the time between lives and they've got that guide who taught them right there with them so no wonder they can play so well <laughs> you know it was interesting before you were, you were talking about dr brian weiss and i actually when i got exposed to his work i actually went to one of his seminars and there were literally like thousands of people there and you know he said that over 50 percent of the people there would actually have a past life experience and you know i felt that i was open i felt that i was receptive and i was sure i was going to be in the 50 percent that had the experience but roberta i fell asleep i slept through the entire that. thing yeah you heard yourself <laughs> snoring lord absolutely so when my when my healer offered to do a past life in her office I jumped at the opportunity and it did not turn out to be a past life, but it was also a very prof profound experience for me. And uh, as I was laying there on her healing table, um, she hypnotized me. And as I was trying to go back through these different past lives, what I actually felt was I felt myself ascending, you know, first through this purple haze and then out into this bright white light. And yeah. many, many of the things I describe almost sound like a near death experience, but I was in this bright white. I felt this again I felt this overwhelming sense of love and the message that I got at that time was 
we could all come home. We could all come home by loving and accepting who we are exactly as we are. And that the joy is in the reunion, in the remembrance of who we are. Yeah, no, that that was really beautiful. So what you do now is to coach people. You've you've changed. You've been, you, you, you can't go back. Once you stop being a numbers guy completely, which is what you and your whole family were, I think that after you've opened to the extent you have, it's very hard to go back to doing numbers, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, I've been in finance and, and, and the corporate world for so much of my life. Um, but you know something? There is never a wasted moment. I have learned so much um, from that profession that serves me now. Um, right. So it's amazing. But, you know, as I was going through this experience, I was also working in corporate corporate finance. And one of the things that my healer taught me to do was to sing. So for most of my life, because when my mother was attacked, she was told never to share it with anyone. So I also had problems expressing myself. I had problems finding my voice and using my voice. I would often freeze when people asked me questions. So my my, my healer told me to sing. So Roberta, as a finance person, I had to do presentations. So I would literally sneak out into my car in the parking lot. I would get in my car, turn on the radio, and I would start singing at the top of my lungs. And then I would go back inside, sneak back into the office. Be sober, lady, right? (laughs) Oh, my word. But not only did it open up my throat chakra, just the forward momentum kept me going. So, you know, in so many ways, my corporate finance life and this new new life that I'm leading really complemented each other and helped serve each other. So I'm, I'm grateful, grateful for my past experience. Well, talk about talk about what you do. How do you help people? So I only recently stopped my fan finance career in uh, in early February, and I really focused on getting this book out into the world. It got released in late July. And since that time, I've really been focused on really just sharing the message. I do do coaching. I do energy healing as well as ancestral clearing, um, as well as energy work. Um, but my focus right now has really been spreading the word and as soon as January comes around, I'll be spending more time working with people. And, and what, 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 what do you do? Do you, do you do for them what Diana did for you? Are, are you able to do that? Or what, how, how, if people are listening and they're thinking, gee, I, I think I need the kind of experiences she's had. How, how can I get them? Are you, can, are you able to help people in the same way you were helped? So I think there's so many wonderful modalities that can achieve the same thing. So Diana worked with Brennan Science, so Barbara Brennan. Um, yes. I'm actually trained in something else. I'm trained by um, John Newton, the founder of Health Beyond Belief, in terms of ancestral healing. You know, many indigenous cultures believe that when we heal, we actually heal seven generations back and seven generations forward. Um, so that's wow. really what my focus has been on. And then, like you mentioned, you know, everything is energy. Um, so just helping people work with their energy in a productive, supportive way. So it depends on what people need, basically, is the kind of help you would you would first get to understand what their issues are, and then you would help them begin to unravel the past, the the present issues. Um, as I say, I don't have these issues. I don't. I guess maybe I wish I did in some ways. I try very hard to empathize with people, but um, but you're able to help them get down to what it is that's bothering them. So the beauty of it, so I'm going to describe, you know, what I learned from my mentor, John. Um, So basically, our bodies are infinitely intelligent. Our bodies actually hold our trauma. 
Um, so this is a gross generalization. Many, many, uh, many people, many of your listeners may know the late Louise Hay. She was the founder of Hay House. Of course. She wrote one of her early books was You Can Heal Your Life, You Can Heal Your Body. And she talks about how these traumas actually get attached to certain parts of your body. And I learned this from John as well. And this is a gross generalization. I do get more specific with clients. But for example, if you have a pain in your elbow, oftentimes it's a trauma or a story that got stuck related to feeling unsafe in the world. If you have an issue with your lower back, sometimes it's about taking on responsibility. If you have pains in your leg, it's oftentimes about moving forward in your life. So our bodies actually tell us the nature of the trauma and the stories that we are holding and that we need wow. to release. So, so the first part of it, just very simply, is to really, so for example, if you wanted to work on a certain issue, where do you notice it in your body? Because our bodies tell the oh. truth. So, for example, for me, you know, for much of my life, I felt like I was different. People would say hurtful things and it felt like somebody was literally, I felt like an elephant literally sitting on my chest and I couldn't breathe. So the first, so the first part is to realize where is it in your body? And then you breathe gently into it. And as you breathe into it, oftentimes an image or a memory comes to you. And sometimes it feels like you're making it up. And it could be from this lifetime. It could be from when you were in the womb. It could actually be from a previous lifetime. And as you breathe into that, you can see that stressful moment. And what were you saying to yourself in that moment? So you're doing two things. Number one, you're feeling and acknowledge the sensation in your body. Number two, you're giving that younger, smaller version of yourself finally a voice. So in that stressful moment, what were you saying to yourself? And in my case, if you remember from the book, I was saying, why are you here? And it made no sense. Why are you here? Until I realized that that was what my mother was saying to her attacker. Why why are you here? And then, and then the third part, and I know that you, um, you, you teach this as well. The third part is forgiveness is letting go. Forgiveness is, I think, the most important skill of all. More, the older I get, the more I realize that's true. Talk about forgiveness. So forgiveness, um, the subtitle to my book, as you mentioned, is uh, Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. And there's so many different definitions of forgiveness, Roberta. I know that you know that. But for me, it's really, really simple. For me, forgiveness is to forego or to let go of. So painful and unwanted events are going to happen. And I do believe that they're all here to serve us. But we could either experience the event once or we could experience it hundreds, even thousands of times until it becomes stuck in our bodies. And for me, forgiveness is really simple. For me, forgiveness is just letting go of the contracted negative energy that no longer serves us so we can move forward and experience true and ultimate freedom. That's beautifully said. That's wonderful. We're we're coming toward the end of our time together, and I want to make sure that we asked, I ask you this question, what do you want people to take away from our time together as they're, they're listening? So, so as I mentioned before, a lot of my book is about letting go of our stories, right? And one of the things that I think is so important, especially right now, when we let go of our stories, labels, and judgments, we could see everything and everyone through the eyes of the creator, through the eyes of love, where there is no separation. And I think it's such an important message now because there's so much division. There is, there is, yeah. So, I, actually, um, I I think that that's what that's probably the biggest problem we have now, and it requires forgiveness, perhaps more than anything else. Uh, that that 
could happen in our lives. I don't know how to handle that, but that's something maybe you and I should talk about. What what kind of program it would take to help people just just forgive and have peace in this very, very complex situation. But you know, somehow I, I do believe it's a blessing. So remember I said I, I often notice the sensation in my body. That's how I've yes. trained myself. So yes. whenever so Roberta, whenever I feel a contraction in my body, I say thank you. I'm grateful because my body's telling me that it's now time to heal. And with the contraction on the planet, with the division that we talked about, with the natural disasters, I believe it's the universe's way of saying it's now time for all of us to heal. Oh, so this is the fever breaking. Absolutely. Oh, that's what, one of the things I love about you is you're so positive about everything. I, that's refreshing when, you, <laughs> when so many people are so negative. This is beautiful. So how can people get in touch with you? So the easiest way is my website. So it's Judy. And my, as my name is spelled a little different, it's J-U-D-I Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R dot net. Um, you could actually buy my book there. It takes you right to Amazon. But the reason I suggest people go there is because there's actually five free bonuses when you purchase the book. So from some of my mentors that helped me through this journey and on this journey. Um, so if you're going to buy the book, I invite you to go there. But I also have a free ebook called Awaken the Creator Within, totally free, Roberta, to your listeners. Um, so they can check that out. I have a monthly blog and I have all my social media handles there as well. Wow. Okay. So one stop shopping, as they say. But if you're interested at all in trying to improve your life spiritually to get rid of the blocks, get rid of the negativity and just really begin a much more positive life, this is a great place to go. J-U-D-I-M-I-L-L-E-R dot net. Very simple, very easy. I'll put it in the notes to the program as well. Um, but Judy, it has been such a delight to, to meet you. I, I, I was wasn't sure what what to think about your book in the beginning because I really thought it was going to venture into some area that I wasn't comfortable with, and I actually chose you to interview you for that. And instead, what you've done is to add to what I already am comfortable with such consistent details that I know what what you're saying is true. I can I can prove it six ways to Sunday and yet it's new to me. So that very seldom happens and I'm just so happy to have met you. I really I think you're a delight. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be on your show, Roberta. I looked at all your videos and listened to your shows and I love what you're doing for the world. Oh, thank you, darling. Well, this is great. We will we'll talk again. But everyone, meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm very glad you could be with us today. What a wonderful, wonderful experience. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you really get what that means, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, we're going to continue with with this slightly different approach by talking with someone else who's had some extraordinary experiences. Our guest will be Ward E. Barkafer Jr. I don't know how to say his last name because I've only ever read it. I should have asked him and forgot. Ward is a really fascinating guy. Who, she, he was suggested to me as a, as a guest for Seek Reality by a longtime listener, a dear friend in Colorado, who's also a friend of his. Ward is a sales executive and an entrepreneur, and he was married for 33 years to a woman who has turned out to be especially gifted at post-death communication. 
At first, his beloved Sue just gave Ward all sorts of signs of the usual sort, lights flashing and so on. And then she started to speak in his mind. And Ward is at least somewhat gifted. I think perhaps, um, you know, not maybe not as gifted as Judy, but somewhat gifted psychically. And so he, he caught right on and he wrote book after book that seemed to have been somewhat channeled about what it's like in in beyond this reality and frankly a lot of what sue said is really quite beautiful what's happening in his life this much more intense communication with but actually hardly interrupted the marriage at all this kind of experience actually is happening more and more on this planet now i it's it's brand new and it's really kind of amazing it used to be that we could say that um people who lose a spouse that they're close to will half of them will have a, a experience of that spouse in the first year that's pretty intense they'll they'll see a, a vision of the person maybe the maybe be able to hug the vision it may be solid um they'll they'll have communication all these sorts of things well now within the past two years we're starting to hear about this only the, with the widows are the only ones who report this the the husband of visits the wife at night for sex believe it or not i couldn't get over it but i've heard it from so many people that i believe now it's probably true the veil is thinning as we speak it continues to thin and it's thinning so we will begin to love enough to raise the consciousness vibration of the planet sufficiently that we will be able to bring the kingdom of god on earth which is what jesus talked about it's all coming together you and i are privileged to be in bodies at this time that it's all coming together but what's fascinating to me about ward's experience is that this is happening in a truly loving very very beautiful marriage um and we're going to talk next week about all of this so i really hope you'll join us um there are more and more married people when one dies where they continue their marriage between worlds please join us next week and of course this week we've been talking with judy miller she's the author of perfect a path to love forgiveness and transformation this is a terrific book it reads very quickly like a novel but it it's about someone who was damaged actually in childhood in a number of ways and in her and in her life she had a very good life actually but she was living with all of these problems and she actually was able i i it just gives me shivers to think about it to, the the fellow who raped her mother and gave her these initial problems came back as a woman and helped her to heal them that is possible and here we see it happening and i only understand it's possible because of all the study i have done so here i'm giving you the opportunity to discover something astonishing and new and as you can hear she has a voice you'd want to listen to forever so if you think that she can help you uh, she would be a very nice person uh, for you to get to know better um this is the kind of thing i'm going to try to introduce you to you more and more i'm not going to talk as much about life after death all of that already exists in our archive and on my website but i'm going to try to help you to understand more and more how you can make the most out of this lifetime and maybe even help it to be your last uh this is a beautiful book judy's story of personal growth is actually in very powerful ways everyone's story everyone's damage everyone needs to heal and everyone can heal so uh, please check it out the name of the book is perfect and the author is judy miller 
Now, as you know, my own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and soon The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. For children, we have The Fun of Meeting Jesus, and soon we'll have The Fun of Growing with Jesus. I just have to write the book. The illustrations are done. You can order all my books through the bookstores or on Amazon.com, and the adult books are available as audiobooks. If you want to talk with me about anything, just go to the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I do answer every email. It can take me several days, sometimes almost a week, because I get so many. But it's very important to me that if you have questions, uh, that you ask me and I will help you answer them. Past episodes of Secret Reality are available on webtalkradio.net, realrevolutionradio.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and many, many other places, including the wonderful Dream Vision 7 Radio Network family. Many people just go to the, the iTunes App Store and they get the Secret Reality app, and, and then you get every episode for free. If you enjoy our weekly conversations, I, I put, want to put in another little pl- plug for my blog. We're, we have a lot of fun on my blog. There are a lot of commenters and many people who don't comment, but they'll send me an email instead. Um, it's We have more more ability really to analyze things there. Maybe um, I, I get to – it's more personal to me perhaps. But we talk about some things there which um, I think you'll find really eye-opening and illuminating that aren't quite ready maybe to, to make it to seek reality. Meanwhile, everyone, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, in particular, you most of all in this universe, are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.